to the Wellness Hustle Podcast. I'm Kirsty Taylor, your host, a writer, a storyteller, and a wanderer of life. I struggled so much in the past, and it wasn't until I started to focus on myself that I saw true change and really started living my life. This podcast is aimed to help you realize that this whole work hard, play hard mantra bullshit has not been cutting it. We need to focus on what truly matters. Think of this podcast as a tool for finally hustling for yourself. So let's shift our focus from the external to the internal, because in the end, you deserve it. Hey everyone, it is the first episode of The Wellness Hustle, and I am so excited to get this out to you guys. I have an awesome first guest. It's going to be so great. This is the post week of the crazy rain that we've been having in LA, and I feel like there's kind of just this renewal of energy, which is super nice, and it's set for a good tone for the interview between Dr. Lisa and I. Also, I just had my 27th birthday, my 27th year around the sun, and I don't know, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. For whatever reason, I feel like 27 was going to be is going to be the year, the year for me. It's going to be a very happy productive year. Yeah, I guess that that's it. I don't know. I'm just really excited. 27. 27. Maybe it's because 7's a lucky number in different cultures, but yeah, I just feel this overwhelming energy that 27's going to be it, and I'm so excited to bring that into the wellness hustle and into all the episodes. So for this first episode, I have Dr. Lisa Upshaw. She's an acupuncturist. She does also in functional medicine work, but she has the intention not just to help people alleviate their symptoms, but also show them how to be their own healer. And so this is by learning how to pay attention to the body's signals and approaching wellness from a mind, body, spirit perspective. She is a badass, vibrant, awesome human being. Talking with her was so cool. She had such cool perspective on different things, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear the interview. She's going to be talking about different aspects to acupuncture, down to the chi inside of our body and chakras, and just giving some really great sage advice on life and the journey she's been through. Let's get this going, the first episode of The Wellness Hustle. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I'm so of glad course. that it's I'm so glad that it's like I mean, we're not together in person right now, but I'm so glad it's like sunny. I feel like it sets the mood for like a good podcast and a good <laughs> a good talk. Like yes. I feel like Los Angeles kind of needed this. First off, Los Angeles sometimes need a needs a reminder that not everything is perfect. Like yes. we need that like rain to clear out the energy and then the sun comes again and we all appreciate the main yes. weather we normally have. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. And whatever is brown turns green. So it's nice to actually have a little green. Oh, yeah. I went to Ojai this past weekend. And um, you have you heard of, I mean, you're from yeah. here. So I went to Ojai and I've been going to Ojai for like five years. I have never seen it so green oh, from all wow. the green. It was insane. I was like, oh, this is, it's nice because the, the desert plant life is cool. But like mm -hmm. when you see green in California, like Southern California, mm -hmm. oh, I love it. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it rounds it out. Yeah, exactly. 
So how about you just give us a little bit of an intro of what you do and kind of how you got into the whole traditional Chinese medicine field? Sure, absolutely. So my name is Dr. Lisa Upshaw. I go by Dr. Lisa and I like to just tell people up front that the doctor comes from my background as a chiropractor. So I'm not a medical doctor. My background is all in hands-on alternative medicine, quote unquote, um, type of work, which was the popular term when I was in undergrad going into grad school. Alternative medicine was just really becoming more of a household term and Mm -hmm. people weren't really sure what it all entailed. But of course, I felt like it was just for me and it resonated with me and it spoke to me. It was a language that um, made more sense because it was from the definition um, a little bit more all encompassing, a little bit more holistic than the path that I was on, which was allopathic medicine. I was a pre-med major. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did actually lots and lots of work in hospitals. Um, When I was an undergrad, I spent time at um, Baylor College of Medicine and so medical schools and hospitals. And I was at UConn College of Medicine. I was at Weill College of Medicine in New York. Um, I spent some time at King Drew when I was in high school. Oh, wow. So, So you have experience in the Western medicine type of field. Lots of shadowing. Yeah. Lots of shadowing, lots of interning, lots of different um, departments I worked with from emergency medicine to psychiatry Mm -hmm. to others. And then I jumped into chiropractic. Um, From chiropractic, I then was introduced to acupuncture where my school had a program in Chinese medicine. I went for treatment and it changed my life and rocked my world forever. I felt like a leaf blowing on a tree after my first session and like birds were singing and (laughs) bees were humming. And I was like, yes, this is for me. I love that. (laughs) So how did you get into chiropractic? Is it you went in for a treatment and got into it? Or like, was someone like, this is an option for you? And you were like, oh, I'm going to give this a try. Well, I went to a school that was like a pre-med factory. Uh So all about 95% of my friends were pre-med going on to med school and they were very convinced and convicted and they were passionate about what they were doing. And I found that I was just going along with that, like, oh, my mom said, be a lawyer, be a doctor, you Uh, know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I like health and I like people and, you know, so let's do doctor. But I wasn't, it wasn't like a part of like, my soul calling, I felt at that time. So I was on the wait list for med school. Mm-hmm. In that time I was on the wait list. I started thinking about other options like, okay, what if I don't get in? Do I really want to get in? Oh my God. What if I do get in? It's going right. to be crazy. Yeah. And then somebody was like, oh, we just had a job fair at our school. And this chiropractic pamphlet, you know, ended up in my bag. Take a look at it. Like if, as you're looking at options and I was like, oh, okay. What I liked about it was that it was dealing with the nervous system. It was hands-on. It was looking at healthcare from like a structural approach. And mm-hmm. I liked that there was a lot more flexibility in my life. I knew I wanted to have a family. Yeah. Um, I knew I wanted to construct my practice the way that I felt it was going to work best for me. Right. So then began the application process, got in, ended up back in California from Louisiana. And wow. went to chiropractic school. Yeah. 
So how did it feel like you said that the people you went to school with were all heading in that direction, like applying to med school? How did it feel to kind of go like against the herd (sighs) and do something like not totally (laughs) different, but different? Yeah, it was it was interesting. I think it, it fit my personality, though, because I think I've always been like a little different than the herd. Mm-hmm. So I, it wasn't too like surprising. Right. Um, but yeah, it was definitely like my mom, you know, like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? And people ask me, like, do you wish you went to med school? Do you? And it's like, no, like, I know you I knew. made the right choice. Yeah, yeah. I, know I made the right choice. And then when I got my first acupuncture session with the traditional Chinese medicine master's program that happened to be at my chiropractic school, mm-hmm. just when I got there, I was like, oh, this is exactly why I was led here. That's so amazing. That's so awesome. So your family ended up being supportive about it? Yeah, very much That's so. Good. As long as I felt comfortable, they felt comfortable. Right, exactly. So what would you say is an overarching theme of why people come to you instead of going to like a Western medical doctor? They probably do go to a Western medical doctor, but there must be a reason why they come to you. What would you say is like an overarching theme for that? You know, what is interesting, like the whole um, alternative medicine idea is now is now changed. And OK, there are a couple of reasons. I think people come to me because they're already very conscious about needing somebody else's voice um, mm-hmm. in their healthcare um, trajectory. Um, so there are those that want someone to have a different conversation with them that includes nutrition and, um, you know, peace of mind and work-life balance in addition to their, whatever's going on in their body. Mm-hmm. And then I get those that are like, I have been everywhere else. My doctors don't know what to do. I don't have any other options. Help me. Right. Um, And I get a lot of those where I'm like, like the body, let me tell you, the body does some amazing things and we don't always follow a textbook and people get frustrated and doctors get frustrated. mm -hmm. Traditional Chinese medicine doesn't diagnose in the way that most people think. Like if you have a cold, we may call that wind, heat or wind, cold. Or if you have joint pain, we may call that damp heat or muscle B syndrome. So we have syndromes that allow for people to not fit so much into a box and a category. And I think people feel refreshed by that. Because sometimes, you know, they're not getting answers when they're forced to, you know, be like just to be confined to a traditional diagnosis. Right. Do you think there do you think it's coming that there will be a time when people go to people like you first rather than like traditional Mm -hmm. doctors? Honestly, some do. Right. Some do. Some do. But I think because of the way our system is set up with, with health insurance and that people pay a lot of money for their health insurance. They want to just take advantage of all the benefits. I think if uh, holistic practitioners were as easily accessible by all insurance plans and were Mm -hmm. covered as thoroughly, then there could be some, a bigger change, a, a faster change. Right. But oftentimes people say, well, I pay so much for this. I want to really just whoever's on it, I'm going to use them. (laughs) That's actually a really great point. And hopefully it kind of goes in the the direction that more alternative medicine practitioners are covered by insurance. Yeah. Um, 
My mom's and, an, oh, mm-hmm. keep going. I was like, no, and we are, but it's just not, we, it's not as widespread, of course, as like a family practitioner or a, right. Know, yeah. So but yeah, I'm thankful that we are there in California because in some States, not at all. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say my mom's a naturopathic doctor and, um, I mean, first off, like there were many, it's, I can't remember the the exact regulations and everything, but she's lucky to be in California because the regulations on how she could practice and what she could do were so much tighter in other States. So we're definitely Mm -hmm. in, um, in a better place in California. It's funny. I, I've been going, I went to a chiropractor for the first time when I was 16. Um, I've seen acupuncturist before, but I was having like some hip issues and mm-hmm. I like waited, I like waited a couple of days. I went to a chiropractor and was like, I'm having this problem. He's like, well, how long have you been having the problem for? And I'm like, it's been, I think two days. He's like two days. <laughs> you, you came to me after two days. No one does that. <laughs> I'm so, it's like ingrained in my mind. Like this is a yes. chiropractor. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are rare. You are rare. You can tell where you, where you, where you come from essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, I was born and raised in Florida. It definitely was not a norm, but I, my mom was just, my mom got really into it in high school and was like, Oh, you should just see a chiropractor for like general maintenance. So I just got used to it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit about like the mind body connection. So obviously you're talking a lot about physical, like how do you think the mind can affect our physical body? Wow. That's a really good question. Profoundly (laughs) for one, definitely. Um, I think like one of the examples I like to give people to help them remember a time when they felt a mind, a strong mind body connection is thinking of that first day of school or the first time you're on a new job. And you're nervous emotionally and mentally and you, you know, have like the runs <laughs> right. or, you know, like you get like the tummy flops or butterflies in your stomach, however you want to refer to it. But, you know, I think people forget that since we can remember as far back as we can remember, we've always been so in touch with our mind body connection from, you know, nerves or from fear or you get flushed or you get warm. Right. Um, So every day, every day, our mind-body connection is conveying intricate messages that dictate how our vitality will play out. Mm -hmm. So then a lot of people are stressed, the jobs that they do, the constant like go, go, go of our society. What would you say is a good stress reliever for people? Like what works for you? That's a good question. I've told a lot of people that they need to probably quit their jobs, honestly. Um, not that they can do that. First step, quit your job. <laughs> I know, and it's impractical, but I see the toll that it takes on them. And I do get really concerned yeah. for people, especially in LA, having like hour and a half, hour long commutes. Right. And, you know, after being at a stressful job, sitting all day or having to travel all the time and, you know, just kind of like just enduring because they have to. But, um, and I think everybody has to find what works best for them for mm-hmm. a stress reliever. For me, I am an introvert naturally. So when I'm overwhelmed, I have to like go inside. Like I have to go inside my house and like go in. I, I can't like talk to people. I don't want to be out. 
Um, And I have to just unplug and decompress. But also I love being by the ocean. So I will go rollerblading or bike riding. Um, I'll do yoga or I'll work out. Um, Those are what I need to get the energy out of my body. And I frequently tell people, if you have resentment or anger or frustration or some sort of pent up emotion, you've got to move it out of your body. Um, but then if I need pleasure and I want to laugh, then I just hang out with my daughter. Right. <laughs> That's one thing. Yeah. She's seven because she's so much fun and she's funny. Um, I also really enjoy a good restaurant with great quality food that's tasty and delicious. Ooh, so nice. I will do that. Yeah. Um, and then nice. if I can, I'll also travel. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the emotions that you like need to move through. I feel like a lot of people just kind of like bottle that up and don't really work through it. So are you a big proponent of therapy for people? Oh my gosh. Yes. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I, you know, as we were talking about my path years ago, I originally wanted to be a psychiatrist and oh, okay. um, that was like my first um, sort of like career. Like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a psychiatrist. I, that was what I said. I think probably when I was like 16, 17. Um, right. And, um, so I've always been a bit advocate when I was in college, I was a part of lots of, lots of mental health awareness fairs. And it's probably why I still advocate for it so much. Now I ask almost every patient if they have someone, you know, either that they've worked with, or if they'd be open to me referring them to someone, a psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist, life coach. Right. I always do. And it, and I do a lot of, you know, as I've mentioned, um, actually I haven't mentioned right on this, mm-hmm. on this podcast, but with, I do a lot of chakra work. And even with me acknowledging the mind-body connection through the chakras, which are an uh, Indian medicine-based tool um, Mm -hmm. that connects the dots between everything going on in your life, I still am like, okay, now that you have this awareness and you're realizing that part of your, you know, stress that you're having because you just had an awful breakup that's making, you know, possibly your tummy weird and have constipation then you also may need to work through that breakup with somebody, you know, it's been like however long and it was traumatic and you're, you know, it's, it's important to allow that to process so you don't take it with you. Right. Exactly. With with the right person. Right. Yeah. A professional and someone from an outside perspective, like your family and friends are great and everything, but they can be biased or like a little scared to be giving you some good information. So out of personal curiosity, and because I have experience with acupuncture, like my, my acupuncturist always talked about chi, I think it was chi, mm-hmm. chi that flows through our body. So is that concept related to what chakras are? Oh, that's a very good question. <laughs> yeah, well, because really chi is just energy. And in traditional okay. Chinese medicine, we have lots of different types of chi. Mm-hmm. Um but like the overarching, the overarching chi, like the main chi definition is really just life force or energy, much like an Ayurveda, it's prana or in, in a chakra work. Um, it can just be thought of as chi affecting your aura. Okay. So, you know, oftentimes people will get a vibe or a sense about something Mm -hmm. and like, you know, it could be their aura that's like impacted by someone else's energy that then is affecting the chi. So it's all really wrapped up in the same thing. Oh, very interesting. So when did you get into chakra work? I got into chakra work around 22 when I was about 21, 22, because I was diagnosed with uterine fibroids. And when I was diagnosed, I had an awesome OBGYN 
And um, he also was my mom's. <clears throat> my mom had him as well. And he, mm-hmm. you know, kind of was just like, well, we're just going to watch them. We'll see if they grow. If they're causing your periods to be too uncomfortable, then we'll have to do something about them. Right. Um, and I thought, okay, but what else? <laughs> like, yeah. what else can I do? Can we talk about, you know, other options? Can they go away? Am I just right. supposed to just deal with these on my own? And essentially I kind of had to. And so I, I started to do some research about what fibroids really were. And I came across, um, Christian, Dr. Christian Northrup's book, Women's Body, Women's Wisdom, which is a book I highly recommend for every woman to have at home. Wait, what was the title? Women's the- Bodies, Women's Wisdom. Okay. By Dr. Yeah, Dr. Christian, and it's Christian with a C, Northrup. Um, and she was the first medical doctor that I knew of that even mentioned a chakra. And Mm -hmm. we had, my mom had the book at home. And so I was going through the book and I was like, okay, fibroids, endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Like it was, it's a gyne, she's a gynecologist. So it lists, you know, all the women's health gut reproductive issues. And then she talked about chakras and mind body. And I was like, oh, what is this? Yeah. Well, I, what can I do about this? And then that was like down the rabbit hole I went. And then I just started doing tons of research on my own. Um, there wasn't actually as much available online at the time. Like bookstores were really big still. So mm-hmm. I would go to the bookstore and hang out in the self-help section. And right. um, Judith, Judith Orloff is a person who has written a lot of books on chakras um, she was probably one of my first first ones I had, first authors on chakras. And then I decided to collect and collect and collect. And I started to see how I could benefit from doing some inner work mm-hmm. um, and some diet change. And that is what just catapulted me into it. Right. Okay. What kind of diet change ended up helping you with that? Uh, for one, um, really getting my blood sugar regulated helped mm-hmm. a lot. I was actually pretty gassy at that time. Mm-hmm. and was kind of a carb addict, especially coming from New Orleans where I went to college where, you know, French fries and fried food and (laughs) waffles and beignets. I mean, you know, and even alcohol, you know, a lot of sugar all the time. Yeah. And I was a college student. So, um, (laughs) so I had to get off of that, off of, off of just sugar in the form of simple carbohydrates and get down to complex carbohydrates or just none, just more vegetable, starchy carbohydrates. And then what also helped was um, reducing, making sure I was eating organic meat mm-hmm. if I were going to oh, eat meat. Okay. Um, at that time, you know, I was 20 something. I didn't think about it. I was early 20s out of college. And again, it wasn't big then. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. a movement like there is now. Um, and then also just getting into like different Chinese herbs and other herbs. Cause at that time I was also going into, uh, being a patient as an acupuncture patient. So, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah I remember my acupuncturist, we talk about what was going on and then she'd go in the back. She was such a sweet Korean lady. She'd go in the back, do all this stuff and come out with these individually like <laughs> powdered herbs for me to yes. take. I never knew it was inside, but I took them. (laughs) But that's interesting about your your nutrition. Um, I definitely am like a proponent of bio-individuality. People need to figure out what works for them for their specific reasons. It's always interesting to hear how nutrition is such an important part to healing our bodies. So it's always interesting to hear how it worked for other people and stuff. So that's awesome. You were able to make a change with that. Very cool. Oh, yeah. Thank you. 
Yeah. So you grew up in Los Angeles or the LA area, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What has it been like watching the you've been, how long have you been doing your practice for? So I've been in practice about 13 years. Okay. Have you seen it change in Los Angeles? Chinese medicine, alternative medicine field here in LA? Yeah, it's it's changed for a few reasons, though. I'm from a little small suburb called Cerritos, and I started practicing in Long Beach originally, and then oh, okay. after Long Beach came to L.A. So there are definitely differences between Long Beach and L.A. when it comes to living, but also um, saturation, I should say. Okay. Yeah, so in Long Beach, definitely really cool, you know, little city. Um, plenty of acupuncturists, chiropractors and such. I think in LA though, you find more, you find much more saturation, but you also find a lot of variety. So you'll find mm-hmm. people who are acupuncturists and also practice Reiki or chiropractic and Reiki or massage and Mayan abdominal massage, or you find lots of different kind of combinations of modalities, which I think is fantastic mm-hmm. because it's showing that really it's all one field and there's so much crossover because it's really the same language. Um, so it's very easy to refer people now to whatever kind of holistic practitioner may, they may need. Um, you don't have to look too far. You don't have to search too hard. People are very open-minded. I think the conversation is easy to have with people about trying something new and different. Not to say that it's not in Long Beach. I think it's just more over time. Mm-hmm. Um, since I started in Long Beach and now I'm in LA and it's 13 years later between the internet and Instagram and Facebook that exists now that didn't when I was first practicing as far as Instagram and social media, you just have so much more access to information. Mm-hmm. So, so people are interested in seeking it out. I think much more. Right. Do you have any good tips for someone finding an alternative medicine practitioner or acupuncturist, chiropractor? Yeah, I think I think it's important to, like you said, like the term bioindividuality, I think what works for some may not work for someone else, even when it comes to a practitioner or person. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so I think it's important to really like, because I'm sure they have a website at this point, look at their website, right. you know, kind of see what kind of vibe you get, give them a call, talk to them on the phone. Usually we offer, you know, not all of us, but some of us like a 10 minute consultation on the phone just to kind of get the pulse of what the person's looking for. Um, and then give it a shot with a person. If it doesn't feel like they're right for you, then move on to the next recommendations are good, but, Mm -hmm. um, everybody has something different, you know, that they want and need and that they're looking for. So I would say just keep looking until you find it. And then I have patients that I've been with since the beginning that I've seen grandchildren born and babies born and they've seen me go through my life changes and you kind of have that person in your life, you know, for a very significant amount of time. So it's important. It's like dating almost. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause you're, you're going to be seeing them for a long time. You might, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the same thing if you like saw a therapist or something like someone that you vibe with someone that yes. you feel a connection with. It's super important. I know when I was younger, like I was just felt like, oh, I found this person. Like, this is it. Actually, we have a little bit more control. We can, you know, I hate this term, but like shop around for yeah. like a right practitioner. Yeah. And that's super important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
what kind of advice would you give to your younger self or someone that was in your position, say, like before you decided to get into like med school? Mm -hmm. What kind of advice would you give to that person? Oh, like if I were talking to my younger self Mm -hmm. um, and was just in that kind of like at that fork in the road, Mm -hmm. I would say really find the truth of your soul. And I know that can sound a little vague, but I think at least for me in like my early 20s, mid 20s, there's still a lot of parental influence and a lot of sort of expectation Right. For what your life is supposed to be. And, you know, whether or not you have a high priority in pleasing your parents and family versus listening to what you feel is going to make, is going to be fulfilling for you long-term. I think one, get clear on that, what's most important for you. And then two, really get used to tuning in and listening to your intuition and what you feel is going to be best because it really, like you said, like I did go against the grain and it did take a leap of faith. I didn't really know much about what I was getting into. I just knew it felt right. Right. But that was enough for me. I was okay with, that's kind of my personality though. Like if it feels right, then I feel like I'll go with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say, you know, continue to just listen to your truth and honor, honor your truth and then, and then go hard. (laughs) Exactly. And go all out on it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Do you have any good advice for tapping into your intuitions? I feel like that's such a big thing right now. And it's something I still work on. Man, there's been so many times where I knew I knew what I needed to do. And I was like, nope, I'm gonna do something else. Yeah. Do you have any like good tips what worked for you? Well, it's interesting to say that I have a an online course that I do that okay. is called the Wellness Formula. And in that, I have exercises that go through kind of like tapping into your inner wisdom. And one of them is mm-hmm. where I have people, because the solar plexus chakra or the third chakra deals a lot with your personal power and being courageous, being brave and self-esteem. And so I have an exercise where you, for a while, just practice in the decisions that you make every day. And so you write down the choices that you need to make, whether it's change my work hours, you know, ask for a raise, Mm -hmm. um, call the guy, tell my mom how I've been feeling, you know, look for a new apartment, like decisions that you need to make every day. And then I like to say, to split um, a column where on one side you're going to put like what your initial sort of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Politically correct answer would be. Mm -hmm. And then on the other column, put like what your soul and your instant reaction is. Oh, I love that. Okay. And so you kind of have to practice it, Mm -hmm. Um, practice it every day with, with, Decisions that you think are not totally like life changing and sometimes they are. Um, and then strengthen the muscle, strengthen the intuitive muscle mm-hmm. because that third power center relates to personal power, but it's also gut instincts. And a lot of times when we're not fully in power in ourselves, we don't know how to turn on our gut instincts. So we don't trust our gut instincts anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it just takes practice. And as you get better with it, then you start to trust it more. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) All right. 
Actually, real quick, where is your solar plexus? <laughs> so, oh, that's a good question. Okay. Solar plexus, that is a bit, because it's like, what is that? <laughs> you said your that was like, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I get, no, I it's get okay. The <laughs> so the solar plexus is between the belly button and the bottom of the rib cage. And so it's the chakra or power center. Oh. It's the third. The color is yellow. And it's... Um, also has a correlation with upper digestion. So like, right. uh, it has like the liver and the pancreas that are in that area. So I like to also say it's kind of how we digest life and how we digest life is often influenced by our gut instincts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I need to, I'm actually probably going to go and practice that, what you said about the list <laughs> and everything after this. Because it's been like kind of the big thing that I've been focusing on lately is really trusting my intuition because yes. I've ignored it for way too long. What you said is really important. You can't just be like, oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust my intuition this one time. You need to regain that connection and, and exercise, practice, strengthen the muscle. That's what you said. Strengthen the muscle. That's awesome. I love that. Absolutely. So I ask everyone. Yeah, of course. So I ask everyone <laughs> this question. Pretty simple, sort of. What is it that you hustle for? That's a very good question. Um, when I think about hustle, I think about something that I'm, I'm kind of like relentless in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, my vitality is Mm -hmm. what I am relentless in and Mm -hmm. that I absolutely protect and cherish and put forth whatever I can for my quality of life. Right. It's, it's not worth, it's not up for compromise. And so I hustle for my vitality. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's kind of what like this whole podcast is about. It's like, if we don't focus on ourselves, what's, I don't know, like, what are we focusing on? What's right? Why? Yeah. Right. I love that. Very Absolutely. cool. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Can you give everyone some info on how they can find you and all of that? Absolutely. Yeah. So you can find me on my website at drlisaupshaw.com. And that's D-R-L-I-S-A-U-P-S-H-A-W.com. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on Instagram, the same handle, just Dr. Lisa Upshaw. Also on Facebook. Dr. Lisa Upshaw. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and your practice is in Westchester. Westchester. Okay, yeah, cool. Westchester. So if anyone's if anyone listening is in Los Angeles and wants to go meet Dr. Lisa, she's in Westchester near the airport. Yes, like, absolutely. People, yeah, people like don't know where Westchester is. I'm like, it's the airport. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's where the airport is. And then also I have a, a, a great program that I will be oh, yeah. next month. Um, it's an online program. It is, uh, seven weeks long and you can get on the waiting list on my website. I really want to say that I super appreciate when alternative medicine doctors have online programs because Mm. I feel like that also just makes it a lot more accessible for people. That's really underestimated. Some people have some negative thoughts around online courses, but it makes it so much more accessible to people during the day when you would see a doctor, people are working this and Mm -hmm. that, like they want to make a change. And I feel like online courses are so helpful. So thank you so much. That's amazing. People can go check it out, drlisaupshaw.com. 
And thank you so much for coming on here. You are a radiating, vibrant person. And I'm so glad that we had this talk. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate your kind words and I appreciate you allowing me to come and share my voice. Thank you for all that you're doing in the world. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that too. Thank you so much for listening to The Wellness Hustle. If you guys want to, you can keep up with me on Instagram. My handle is at wanderwithkirstie, K-I-R-S-T-I-E. And if you really fucking love me, you can go and rate me on iTunes. That helps bump me up in the iTunes algorithm thing. Yeah. So until next week, guys, keep loving yourselves. Keep hustling for yourselves because you really do deserve it. All right. Bye, guys.